High Well Trust podcast presented by Roshin O'Hagan and Jared Dean. Welcome to the Hollywell Trust podcast. Today we're focusing on our civic activism project and civic conversations, and in particular around our citizen jury event that we had on the 12th of April. My name is Roshin O'Hagan and I coordinate the civic activism project. This project is about trying to hear from people we don't normally hear from, so getting people more active in their community. And it's a Build and Change Trust funded project, so we have used, I suppose, four different tools to try and engage with people. What we've done is we've used each of those tools in a way to try and gather as much evidence and as much sort of thoughts and views and our focus for one of this particular theme was around youth and young people. So we had the event on the the 12th of April here in the Hollywell building and it was very important for us because it was about youth and young people to have the young people actually leading the conversations and presenting the evidence because this was their thoughts and their views. So we did quite a wee bit of work preparing the young people who themselves presented we sort of talked through things with them and prepared them, but they gathered all their research and did a lot of work in preparing to present their evidence themselves. So they were fantastic. Absolutely delighted that they, um, we had so many young people in the room and that we had 11 jury members who were all young people. So the audience as well, we were delighted. We had a really good turnout. So the focus was obviously on young people and the, the whole aim of the event was to give them their voice. But the audience was also um, adults and young people. So we had a wide range of age groups in the room. And whilst the jury went out to discuss and, and, and debate on what they felt the top three issues were to take forward for young people to create a city with youth in mind, the adults then were able to have a discussion as well about what they felt some of the, some of the issues were. This podcast is funded by the Central Good Relations Fund, the Reconciliation Fund of the Department of Foreign Affairs, and co-funded by the Derry City and Strabane District Council and the Community Relations Council. Welcome everybody to the Citizen Jury event this evening. Delighted to see so many people here. What I'm going to do, first of all, is just to explain um, a bit about the project. Um, the Citizen Jury is one of the tools that we've been using through the Northwest Civic Activism Project. So I'm just going to explain a wee bit about that so people know what it's about and, and, and what we've done so far. Through that project, we've been looking at four themes. Investment and innovation, youth and young people, debt and poverty and the city centre. So the one that we're focusing on tonight is youth and young people. This is a, a project that's funded through Building Change Trust and they have actually done a lot of research into looking at different ways of trying to engage with people in different ways, but also trying to engage with people that we don't normally hear from. We've tried to do our best to speak to as many young people as possible. How we've done it is we had study groups slash focus groups and we also had pop-up discussions We've also got a citizen reporting element, which is about young people and people who are working with young people or adults who are interested in the issues that young people face. They've written articles um, and they're on our Fingerpost website and there's more to go on the website as well, so we're working on that as we go forward. The study groups and the focus groups, again, we try to reach out to as many as possible and we also had pop-up discussions. What we did with the pop-up discussions was we were able to take advantage of a lot of events that were happening here in the building and that helped us to obviously talk to a wide range of young people. What we're going to do tonight is we've all of the evidence that we've gathered we're now presenting through a citizen jury event. So you're going to hear from expert witnesses on the theme of youth and young people and the issues that um, youth and young people are facing. The actual jury process, we have a jury appointed, so we're going to hear evidence, four pieces of evidence, 
um, and each person will have about 10 minutes to provide that evidence and present it to us. So the jury will then be invited, the jury members, if you want to ask any questions or any clarification that you need around all the stuff that you've heard. And then you'll go away and deliberate on the motions presented and then you'll present us with your verdict. Hollywell Trust has actually had citizen jury events before, so we came up with some guidelines for this evening. There are, as you would imagine, we want everybody to participate, we also want everybody to listen. No foul or abusive language allowed. And the one thing I would say about tonight is this is a youth-focused event, so we want the young people and the youth to have their voice heard tonight, so it's about giving them the opportunity to say what their issues are and what they feel we need to do to create a city with youth in mind. So I think as adults we need to give a priority to their voice to be heard. What I'm going to do now is actually just talk about the evidence or the results that we found through our discussions. As I was saying, we have articles and blogs on our Fingerpost website. Um, the focus groups and the pop-up discussions, we had focus questions to try and get the young people to, to give us feedback on particular questions. And we gathered as many thoughts and views through those tools as possible. We were quite lucky as well, and we have two groups in our building, Reach Across and Extern, who um, were very much involved in the project as well, and that was really good for us to be able to engage with the young people that are involved in those projects. We had four questions for the young people, and the first one was generally around what's good about being young, young in Derry, London Derry. A lot of issues came up, but quite a lot of them were around the friends that young people have in the city and how their friends are so important to them. Events such as Halloween, St Patrick's Day, The Fla, MTV, One Big Weekend were other things that the young people felt was good about living in, in Derry, London Derry. Good schools, youth clubs, plenty of shops, uh, facilities such as St Collins Park House, the Foyle Arena, other country, Craig and Hunter Park and the Bowling Alley. Then we also went on to ask the young people, so what's good about um, living in Derry, London Derry as a young person, but also what's difficult about it? And some of the issues that came up were around stereotyping. So young people feel that they're often stereotyped, maybe by adults, if there's a group of young people on a street corner or they're in the street, maybe they're going to be doing something bad. Quite often adults think they're going to be up to no good. So they have a, a wee bit of an issue around that stereotyping. They also mentioned about trying to find a job. I think even a part-time job is not just necessarily a job when you're finished school, but it's a, a part-time job as well if you're younger and just the difficulties around trying to get get work. It was also mentioned about McGee, the university, that there's, they feel there's not as much opportunities for study and quite a lot of the students or young people are thinking if they wanted to go to university that they might leave here and they might go to England or they might go to the Republic of Ireland. Another thing that came up was bullying for sort of being perceived to be different. There's still an element around certain areas perceived to be unsafe in the city. I suppose if you're from a particular background. Also peer pressure, I suppose, from their, their peers and, and their friends. And then that whole idea of trying to fit in, fitting in with a group. You know, should I be dressed in a certain way? Should I like certain music? And difficulties around fitting in. So we asked them, what's good about it? What's difficult about it? But what do you think would be a city with youth in mind if you had to imagine a city that put young people first? What would it be like? What they were saying was that the need for better mental health support an improved McGee University, an immediate safe space, somewhere to go and talk. If you need to go and talk to somebody, it has to be immediate. And that was something that came through very strongly. I suppose as a young person, it might be difficult to talk about things, but you don't really want to have to go on a waiting list or be told you're going to have to wait two or three weeks to get to talk to somebody. So it's about something that's immediate and something that they feel they can go to and they know it's going to be a safe space and their issues are going to be kept confidential. Um, no bullying and prejudice was another thing that um, came up uh, so, and generally more jobs and more money invested in the city 
And I suppose the young people themselves are saying that they feel their voices need to be heard more. What I'm going to do now, that is really the results from the project overall. So what I'd like to do now is invite the other um, presenters of evidence, I suppose. So I'm going to ask Emily McCluskey to come forward and present her evidence. And then we're going to hear um, from Soraha McElwee and then Kat Healy. Hello and good afternoon. My name is Emily McCluskey and today I have the pleasure of speaking about such a great city. I'm here to talk about how we can create a city with youth in mind. A community is a group of people who have come together and they work and they live to try and improve the standard of living and quality of life. When many people think about Derry, they think of lack of opportunities, bad reputation and other negative viewpoints. However, today I hope to present to you a whole new perspective of the city with ideas and suggestions of how we can make it better. Events such as MTV benefit youth in so many different ways. It brings friends together, gives youth a place to be and gives them an escape from common pressures they may be facing, for example, school stress. Events benefit everyone by bringing money into the city, especially when celebrities visit and perform. They could leave and post on social media about their time here, really putting the city out there. However, if they want to return, they can't. Unfortunately, the city doesn't have a permanent concert venue. Yes, we have Ebrington Square, but that is just an outdoor space for a stage to go. But what are we to do for concerts throughout the winter? I understand money issues in the city prevent us from creating a permanent concert venue, but maybe as a city we could really come together and raise the money ourselves. In Derry, I am proud to say that I don't see much sectarianism nor discrimination. However, that does not excuse or diminish its existence in the community. With events that can strengthen the city bonds between people of different communities, we can come forward together in a society and offer a privilege that the generation before me had taken from them. With the help from those who are willing, we can quite literally reach across the divide to promote peace, unity and integration. Alternative ways of bringing communities together are in youth groups. I'm currently a member of Reach Across, a cross-community group bringing youth from different denominations together. It is truly amazing how far the city has come in regard to violence, so let's keep the improvement going. We are trying to create a city with youth in mind, aren't we? So let's form, develop and work towards having an under-18s council. Through doing so, not only are we bringing together generations and getting the youth more involved with their city, but we're giving them a voice to be heard. It's easy to criticise young people, but the challenge is doing something about it. Yes, there's adolescents in Foyle Streets at the weekend, but where where else are they to go? Yes, we have the bowling alley in Foyle Side, but they're expensive. Having to pay each week to do things with friends is getting more difficult, as not many young people have the opportunity of employment. So the pressure lays with parents to provide as they want their children to enjoy their childhood, not throw it away by starting drinking at such a young age. I believe society injects an image into every youth's mind that they have to follow the crowd, they have to socialise and they have to drink because it's what everyone else is doing. However, I also believe that we can change that. It certainly won't happen overnight, but we can certainly make an impact. Maybe if we provided a place for them to go, an empty centre where they can just stay with friends. In conclusion, maybe if we had these things in Derry, people would stay. Positive thoughts have positive outcomes. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Emily. Can I now ask Soraha to come up? So I'm Soraha anyway. What's a crack? <laughs> I'm going to be talking to you now about mental health within the study, which I feel is very, very important for a lot of people because a lot of young people don't have support within 
to do with mental health. There isn't a lot of support out there. So I'm just going to go through this now. So what is mental health? Mental health includes emotional, psychological and social well-being. It affects how we think, how we feel and how we act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage in life, no matter what. Some examples of mental health illnesses or issues may include anxiety, depression, self-harm, self-destructive behaviours, post-traumatic stress disorder or suicidal thoughts. There are a lot of issues that affect young people and their mental health too, like drugs and alcohol. A bit back one because one, I feel like when people are dependent on alcohol or drugs, it results in very poor mental health and their thoughts be all over the place and how they feel is all over the place. So I think it's an issue that needs to be addressed. It's probably one of the bigger issues that needs to be addressed on Sunday. Cyberbullying and bullying would be another one and that can affect someone's confidence and how they feel about themselves and even how they view the world in general. Uh, there's identity issues with whether it's within sexuality or who they are as people or whatever it may be. There's a lot of issues between that because a lot of young people might either be confused or might not understand what their identity is. Um, there's the pressures of school. Like, there's a lot of schools out there and they would be very put their students under pressure, if that makes sense. Um, to get good grades or to stay in school or to get the be- better grades than other schools or whatever the story may be. There's peer pressure. Um, there's family pressures, where whether that means there could be pressures within the family for them to do well at school or just pressure in general on the person to get a job, which there is no jobs here at all. It's a nightmare. I'm trying to find one myself. So if you have any jobs out there, do you know what I mean? Come to me, like, do you know what I mean? Um, there's sectarianism as well. Um, where that is probably a big issue as well. And young people aren't fully aware of the dangers of, of alcohol and drug abuse. The suicide rates in the most deprived areas in Northern Ireland are three times higher than the least deprived. Derry and London, Derry, Derry, London, Derry, whatever you want to call it, like, do you know what I mean? Has the highest level of child poverty in all council areas of Northern Ireland at 35%. Self-harm between April 2014 and March 2015, 8, 88, Jesus, big number, isn't it? Self-harm presentations to A&E, which means that's how many people were in A&E, basically. And within that number, there are young people between the age of 15 and 19 that are half them cases, so the 4,444 cases were present in A&E due to self-harm. 29% of 16-year-olds have serious personal, emotional or mental health problems. But there is very limited up-to-date information on children and young people, which is a bigger issue because we don't exactly know figures and we don't know percentages as to what's going on really like behind closed doors. So 15 to 34 years of age, suicides are higher in that age range. There are limited support for young people in the northwest. Um, people only really seem to respond when it's a crisis, like they should have maybe an earlier intervention or try and work through their issues a bit earlier that rather than having to wait until it's a crisis. And there needs to be more awareness of what mental health signs are or what poor mental health signs are, just so people know what's going on, really, because um, people might not be going to school or might not be going to appointments, <coughs> and nobody really knows why. 
And the whole point of it being is people just need to know what's going on, like, do you know what I mean? And we need immediate help so there's a safe, confidential space that's available 24-7, which we don't have at the moment. It always seems to be open from about 9 to about 5, but there's never really nighttime because nighttime is usually when everything escalates within your mental health or within the family home or whatever it may be. And the support is very, very limited, but there are some supports out there through organisations such as CAMS, Youth Life, Childline, Lifeline, the Rainbow Project, FOIPAC, Foy Search and Rescue. There are some counselling schools, but I know not every school does counselling, which is kind of a shift for the young person because, you know what I mean, you can't really, can't really get through it or whatever, like, do you know what I mean? It's not enough. It definitely is not enough. Um, there are not enough workers available. For example, on CAMS, there would be too much for a caseload, do you know what I mean? Like, the people who are working with the young people on CAMS, they'd be very much... There'd be about 20 people to one person, which isn't fair because it doesn't give the people, the young person, enough time to go through what they're going through or to talk about it or express how they're feeling. Um, another thing would be they're not consistent. The support workers change frequently. So maybe one day you might be able to get one person and then the next day you're getting a completely different person who you have to tell your story all over again. Um, which then results in it being difficult to build trust. And the other thing is that you can only be involved or get support from one organisation at a time because of, I don't know what reason it is, but it's not very good anyway. That's the whole point of it. So my final point is, right, we all love each other here, okay? So if anyone feels like they need support, organisations that I mentioned you can contact either online or there might be flyers about town or whatever the story may be. And thank you for listening. Coming up on the Hollywell Trust Testimony Series. Caroline, who as a teenager met a British soldier at Bishop Gate, arguably the love of her life, and it's, it's a story of joy but it's also a story of loss. And down towards the diamond. Yeah. And he was on the right-hand side of the street. Now, this foot patrol's coming, but I'm walking, but he makes his way on the right-hand side of the street that he sort of, we're level together. And he turns round and he goes, it's not be long, he says, until you and I, he says, will be walking down the street together, hand in hand. On May 4th, join Eamon as he interviews Caroline Brown, Go to soundcloud.com and search for Highwell Trust or on iTunes, search for Highwell Trust. So, folks, up to now, we've heard evidence from Emily McCloskey on the need for more entertainment services for young people and Zora McElwee, and she focused on the greater need for mental health services. So next, we're going to hear evidence um, presented by Kat Healy. That's a hard act to follow. Um, Thank you. I'm going to talk to you about a piece of research that we've been conducting throughout the city. I work for an organization called the Migrant Center, and this has been done in partnership with Rosemount Resource Center. So far, we've completed 368 surveys. I have them here tonight if anybody wants to fill one in. The reason for doing the piece of research is we notionally had an idea that a lot of people (coughs) your ages didn't intend to stay in Derry. You've already mentioned a couple of the reasons why. University, 
looking for a job, looking for training, looking for other kind of opportunities that aren't currently as available in Derry as they are in other places, and also the most common answer that people came back with, there's nothing here to do. So not just to present the research, we hope we have got a bit of a solution to it as well. First, you can see we talk to people right the way from year 10 up to ones who are currently working. Um, the age profile of everybody that we talked to was between 13 and 22. If there's anybody here who's 23 or 24, that's all right. You can do a survey as well um, because we'd still consider you youth. But you can see the, the most people that filled it in were 17, 18, 19. And those are the people that are probably taking that final formal decision to leave. Um, I found out my own son, who's in that age group, intends to leave through doing this piece of research as well, and a number of the other parents and youth workers who were involved um, also found out that the young people they support wanted to leave Derry. You can see we did it right the way across Derry. We'll be moving into Straban, doing them as well now because it's all part of the one council area, and the profile was fairly fairly split right across those areas of the city. There wasn't anywhere that young people wanted to stay more than they did anywhere else. Um, I can say that when we did the first section of surveys, the percentage of 100 young people who wanted to leave was 95. So 95 out of 100 young people did not see their future in Derry and did not intend to come back. It's gone down a wee bit now, but it's still pretty shocking. 87% of almost 400 people said their future is not in Derry, which means that for your generation, <laughs> there's not going to be anybody left. And for those that are here, there won't be a voice to speak on your behalf as strongly and as articulately as the three that were just before me have done. Um, the other thing is that we asked, do you intend to stay away from Derry permanently? And the answer, resoundingly from those, was yes. Um, the main reasons, you've already talked about two of them, the lack of university and training opportunities, the lack of employment opportunities locally, 42.4% of almost 400 young people think there aren't sufficient training opportunities and that's the main reason they're going to leave. Uh, the smaller ones, just to travel, climate, as somebody who's not originally from here myself, yes, that's a difficult one to deal with and there's nothing we're going to be able to do to change it. Um, politics, the conflict, paramilitaries and other were all smaller responses, but they still do factor. Those are the percentages that would consider moving back. So 87% want to go and 84% want to stay gone, which is a huge, huge impact. The other thing I would say is most of the people who've completed the surveys, it wasn't just a sort of random notional idea. They had thought through what it was they wanted to leave to do, either had applied to universities or started applying for jobs or had started looking at places that they wanted to live. So it wasn't just this might happen. It's this is going to happen if we don't do something about it. Where they want to go, most people are looking at America, where I'm from. I have to tell you, it's no better. <laughs> um, Canada. And Australia and New Zealand, obviously that's because of language issues as well. But you also see there's quite a lot that wanted to go to China, Japan, Korea, the rest of Europe. Belfast and Dublin had quite big um, responses as well. So this isn't just people picking holiday places that they think they can go have a wee bit of fun and have a wee bit of sun. It is actually thinking through where would they have better job prospects and better university opportunities. Now, I said we wanted to talk about solutions to this. Has anybody ever heard of what a box park is? No. Right. 
This is one, there's two that exist currently in London. There's one in Shoreditch and there's one in Croydon. And we're hoping to be able to take a group of young people over to visit them. Because what they are is big shipping containers that are all put together as a single venue but they're standalone and enclosed. So they offer employment opportunities with a social clause that this is employment opportunities for people who are 24 and under. And they also operate on a bit of a sort of communal basis that the people who are in there that maybe own the IT company give IT support to the rest of the people who are in the building, that the people who do marketing in theirs do it for the rest of the building as a sort of a free thing. The other thing is the one in Shoreditch. You'd mentioned about having concert venues and venues for doing different activities. The entire roof of it is a concert venue, and the people that manage it are responsible for bringing in acts and for doing the bookings. So it's an employment opportunity, but enclosed in the same space is also the social aspect of it. This is a fairly new idea to bring to Northern Ireland. There's one being built, I think, that's underway in Bangor at the moment, but nowhere else has plans for doing this. So hopefully it would be an opportunity that kind of, at least for the small amount of space that we have there now, creates employment opportunities, but most importantly is youth-led. There's no point in me trying to decide who needs to come here for a concert or trying to decide what young people should be doing as a business. If you guys took ownership and the young people of the city and Straban took ownership of the actual box park, it would mean that there is an economic solution to what's causing everybody to want to leave at the moment. Thank you. Jared, you were there with the um, with the jury members. How did that conversation go? Uh, it was really interesting. It was uh, a privilege to be able to facilitate them. Uh, the time restriction was a bit mad, but other than that, it was, it was really good. Young people thought that the evidence that was presented was really accurate about what the issues are that they're facing. And the title of the whole event, the, A City with Youth in Mind, was really apt because mental health is one of the things that came up a lot in the conversation. But in the jury room, what we challenged the young people, they identify the issues and then whenever the issues were identified they come up with some solutions to address the issues. During that process there was no discussion even around mental health because mental health was just a given. It was There yeah. are severe mental health issues for young people in this town. So Jared, what were the top three issues that the young people came up with? Okay, so what they came up with uh, were mental health as a, the top priority and things need to be done to address that. Employment and education, they merge together, they look as one issue because they're just interconnected and they can't stand alone. And the final one then was drugs and alcohol. So, but the the evidence then was gathered and the recommendations were presented by the chairperson. So all in all, the discussion was really good and animated and the fact that we only had half an hour trying to get everybody to have a proper yeah. say. Was it difficult to pick those top three? The tally exercise really helped, but even at that, getting to a top three, because you know yourself. Because it's so many issues. Uh, there's a lot of issues affecting yeah. young people in this city. Mm. And Very part much. of what they, I think they wanted to do was focus on things that they could actually do yeah. and that they could really make a difference to. Yeah, so realistic and practical mm. actions. Very good. That was it. As a jury, we decided the three things that we think is important to the city and how we think that these are the main subjects that need to be addressed and how we can help address these situations. So number three, we decided employment, employment, <laughs> education. <laughs> this is uh, like people going off to different countries and stuff like that. So you all know McGee. So McGee only 
found out there now that it has only 4,000 places for students to go. It's a limited number. And uh, we think we should expand this number and try nailing more courses for people to do. As they say, you build it and they shall come. Employment, we said about the box parks and how if we bring them in, we can have people trained, um, maybe apprenticeships, jobs, to where people, young people can get actual life training instead of lying in their beds, doing nothing, and no, having no future. The second one that we thought needs tackled is uh, drugs and alcohol problems between young people and older people. So it's not a specific age range for this. So the first one we said was maybe a detox center to where you can get out of the situation or the things that are influencing you taking drugs or alcohol, such as scenarios of your friends or family problems. And uh, we also said about awareness of effects. Oh, so this is uh, if you take drugs, this is what's going to happen to you. And it's trying to prevent... Well, you can't really stop people from taking drugs. If they're going to take them, they're going to take them. But you need to show them that if you take this, this is what's going to happen to you. And if you keep doing this, this is what's going to happen to you down the line. And this would be important for to be taught in schools. And older people in their 20s, they say about 25, to where this is the age where you become legal drinking age. And be easier because of all this so they could take too much drink and have kidney damage and stuff like that there. The main one that we said that needs to be tackled in this city is uh, mental health. So this is what can lead and affect these things in your life. So if you get caught up in drugs and alcohol, you may not be able to get a job. So we said mental health stuff like a local support center to where it's 24 hours to where you come in off the street or maybe a phone call, to where you have a face-to-face conversation with somebody your own age or maybe older, as in a preventative scheme, because you're more likely going to open up with somebody your age. We said about peer support, so that would be people opening up towards their own age. So we see that this is the most important factor that we need to tackle. And that's what the jury has decided. We were very happy with the event. A great opportunity for us and for the young people just, just to have their voice. So it was really, really successful as far as we're concerned. We will be carrying on these other citizen juries through the project on our different themes. But what we will be doing is we will update our website, the Fingerpost website, and we will do a report about the, the young people's citizen jury. As we've now identified three top issues, we'll, we won't just be leaving it there. We'll be having conversations maybe with people who are leading up in mental health support. And there may be an opportunity as well for us to try and take that forward maybe after this project. But continue to check out the Fingerpost website and we will keep you updated through that. So thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Keep tuned in, I suppose, for the next ones. Um, We'll be hearing more about the work and the work of not just Hollywood Trust, but also the partners within our Diversity Community Partnership. You can stay up to date with us on our social media pages on Facebook, look for the Hollywell Trust, and on Twitter, it's at Hollywell T.